2: This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156.
1: Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I look back at AEW Dynamite from last night, especially Monster Miro and Bully will give his thoughts on him from last night. Also, we speak to host of Oral Sessions and author of Messy in the Kitchen, Renee Paquette, right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Uh, I saw your tweet last night, you know, Monster Miro greater than video game Miro. And I think that everyone that's listening to this show right now would agree, Bully. Uh, Thank God that
3: this Miro has showed up. Last week, this week, because this is the Miro, uh, personally as a fan, that I want to see. I'm not speaking for everybody else because maybe there's some people out there, especially AEW fans, who liked Video Game Miro. But allow me to tell you as a professional, Video Game Miro did not work, was not working, and was never going to work. And if you don't believe me, just go look from day one as opposed to three weeks ago. This is the Miro AEW needs. I have been talking about a killer heel for a while. Miro is that killer heel. This is the this is this is not even Miro. This is Rusev. This is a guy I can get into. This is a guy that I that I know will impose his will on younger, undersized, um, Baby faces like a Darby Allen. Now it looks like him and Archer are going to get into it, which I personally, I don't think I want to see. Interesting. Why? Because I don't like big baby faces and smaller heels. I don't like a baby face who can just fight back. I want my baby faces having to fight up and struggle. Okay. I want to see Miro imposing his will on, well, on more undersized baby faces. With Lance Archer, I can't feel sympathy. Because Archer is such a big, bad mother trucker, I'm just waiting for him to get back up and fight. I almost want to see Miro just start picking on every little AEW guy he can find. From the Marco Stunts, to the Orange Cassidys, to the Darby Allen yada, yada. Because Miro can make guys. I have a ton of uh, confidence in Miro with what he's doing now. Because I believe he will bring credibility to that TV championship. I think he's going to help make that championship. And I think they should be feeding him guys every single week and have him killing guys every single week. Archer... Should have been on the horizon for him, I'm not a big fan of Archer being the first guy for him. See this now,
1: is maybe they're looking go ahead, I'm sorry, no, no, because i and and i I asked you why, and I'm like right away I'm like, why your explanation is perfect, and after hearing your explanation, I can see why, and I actually know why now that miro and Archer is a mistake for double or nothing. Double or nothing is next weekend. I mean ultimately this is going to get to Miro and Darby Allen too, right? I mean that's what this story eventually will get back to, Darby Allen once again saying that that TNT championship meant everything. So this is eventually going to get back to them again. I I agree with you. It should be a string of much smaller guys and then it gets to Darby Allen and then at some point get to Lance Archer. Lance Archer being the first opponent for Miro, I understand why you think that's a mistake. Lance Archer to me, and I still don't understand why it hasn't happened. Lance Archer to me is a main eventer. Lance Archer is a guy who could talk. Lance Archer is a guy who's great in the ring. Lance Archer's got size. Lance Archer, when you look at him, is a legit scary dude. And then you couple him with Jake Roberts on top of that. I mean, Lance Archer is a main event, a main event player. No. AEW is not a big man territory.
0: Let's look at AEW for a second. Who owns it?
1: Tony Khan. An undersized uh, wrestling fan. Mm -hmm.
3: Most of the guys that get pushed are undersized as compared to what we're used to in pro wrestling, a lot of big men at times. Yeah, I, I'm, I agree with you on Archer. But is when you think of AEW, let's think of prototypical, some wrestling companies, like the WWE for the most part has always been a big man territory, yes or no? Yeah, I mean right
1: now your champions are Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns.
3: And you got Braun in there and you got McIntyre yep. in there and it's always been a big man territory. AEW? No. Ring of Honor back in the day, not a big man territory. No, and don't tell me about the Samoa Joes and the Kevin Steens of the world because they weren't big men. They were thick men, but they weren't typical big men. Hell, me and Devon were average size back in the day in the WWE. That's how big guys were back then. I think Mark was making a point about this. Ed, can you chime in for a yeah, second? Yeah. Because uh, Dave? Mark,
1: no, I'm sorry. Because uh, no, go ahead, Ed. Because Bully asked you, so go ahead. I don't mean to interrupt you.
0: Thank you, Dave, for the passive aggressiveness. Um, <laughs> no, Mark brought up yesterday I actually as he was being
1: nice, but okay.
0: As he was championing uh, Bronson Reed's a uh, North American Championship win, he was saying how it was great because NXT typically is not uh, a big man uh, territory. It,
3: we don't. I. I with nxt i just think that they don't have a lot of big men like i like walter i like bronson reed but the business has changed so much that bigger men and women in wrestling just don't exist anymore it's time to turn into a smaller business i think aew is a small to average guy territory archer might be getting over because like when i look at archer on tv when i see what archer does on social media when i see archer's uh complete body of work i can't understand why they're not doing more with him with miro i get it because for some reason somebody whether that's miro or tony or anybody thought that the video game thing was a good idea it's
1: not no it somebody wasn't. should have been somebody should somebody should have said let's i'm i'm not i don't know whose idea it was but let's just say it was miro's idea he, we know he's a big video game fan he loves video games Like if he came in with that idea, somebody said, said, no, that's not the Miro that anybody wants to see. Think about where you just came from with that character, Rusev. Everybody wanted the Rusev that was going into WrestleMania 31. Not the guy that we saw in the later days before you were released. So somebody should have gotten to his ear and said, this is the, the Miro we're seeing right now is the Miro that everybody wanted to see in AEW since day one. Correct. So
3: I love what I'm seeing from Miro now. I'm not as on board with Archer being the first challenger. I, I want to see Miro go around, going around picking on guys. Imposing his will. Beating the shit out of everybody. I'd love to see Miro just walking around the back, just throwing people. Production people, catering people. People who work at Daily Space, just throw them all over the place. I get so much steam on this guy, it wasn't funny. Because who is the guy on the horizon for Miro? Darby. It's Darby wanting his title back. The more heat you pile on Miro, the bigger the Dar- Darby's coming back to beat Miro will eventually be. If That's what they have in store for Darby. Now they have Darby what seems to be moved into a tag angle with Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Yes. You know how I said, you know how I talked about last night where I don't think uh, Moxley and 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 Kingston should have went over on the acclaimed? Mm-hmm. I don't think that Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page should have gotten laid out last night. They, and they got laid out and ran off. Yeah. What? what, what why? We yeah. just put these guys together. They just threw Darby down a flight of stairs. They're cutting out there. Ethan cut a decent promo. A lot of yelling last night from Ethan, but good animosity, good fire. I like Sky. I'm liking Sky's what I, promo. I, I. love Sky. I love him, so damn good. You just put these guys together. So now here come the bait. Here come here comes Sting. Here comes Darby from behind, and I don't mind coming. Darby coming from behind. On these two guys with a skateboard because these two guys threw him down a frickin' flight of stairs. Yes. So tit for tat the way I see it. But let's how about we leave Darby and Sting laying? Why do we have to see Sting have the, the, the Scorpion Deathlock on Scorpio Sky forever? For what? What heat does this get this new heel tag team?
1: Zero. Agreed. Agreed. I couldn't agree with you more, uh, and and when it comes to Lance Archer and Miro, unfortunately, bully, somebody needs to lose that match, and obviously Miro can't lose. You got to build up Miro as a monster, but I can't. But Lance Archer can't afford another loss. Like you're building, you're finally building Lance Archer up. I that's the one thing about that match over everything else is that man, neither one of these guys can take a loss right now. Maybe I you know what?
3: You hate pineapple pizza. Lance Archer loves pineapple pizza. Maybe you got in Tony Khan's ear and told them to bury Lance Archer. Don't say. Don't put that
1: on me. Maybe. Don't don't you dare put that on me, bully. <laughs> up your butt, Joe Boo. I think you did it. <laughs> don't put that on me. And Don't you uh, put I'm that on he- me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> don't you put that Michael Clark on me. Duncan
3: won't try to pick up my girlfriend. I told you that story. Really? Ex girlfriend, yeah. Oh. WrestleMania well. 2000. My girlfriend at the time, Michael Clark D- Duncan, was putting the moves on her, and I was like, "Hey, man, that's my girlfriend." He's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, Bubba. Can I still talk to her?" I'm sure. Yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> um, another good night, I think, for Sean Spears. I loved, I loved the dinner sequence. I loved that everybody got to kind of shine in that moment but a set, especially Sean Spears. And I'm like, he's not talking. Why is he not to, Why is everybody talking but Sean Spears until he took the waiter's head and banged it against the table? I love that moment from Sean Spears last night. Sean Spears was very
3: unnice last night. Yes. And I liked it. Listen, I have been a Sean Spears supporter since he cracked Cody over the head with that steel chair. We obviously know that there's been something up with Sean Spears since that storyline with Cody came to an end because he was put on the back burner and then they tried to restart him a little bit and that didn't work and then put him with Tully and whatever. Sean Spears obviously pissed on somebody's cornflakes. Now slowly but surely hopefully we're getting back on because here's my here's the, the my concern for sean spears i don't know if sean spears believes in himself anymore i know he believed in himself when he was up against cody i hope he can get that 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 venom back he should he's worth it he should be He should be cracking. If he's going to call yourself the chairman, crack everybody with a chair. Crack them upside their jaw. Crack them upside their head. Crack them in the ankle. You're the chairman. You should always be seen with your chair. You should be cracking every mother trucker that comes within six feet of you with that chair.
1: Always be cracking. Always be cracking. ABC. Always be cracking. That's what I would do.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, we are... Serious XM Fight Nation is your home for the hardest hitting combat sports talk you'll find in the world. Whether it's pro wrestling, MMA, or boxing, join the conversation with us at 877 Fight 93, anytime from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern, as we react to the hottest storylines, most intriguing matchups, and more. Oh my God! Your home for the best all day combat sports talk anywhere is Serious XM Fight Nation, Channel 156.
1: Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Ah, back here on Busted Open, Dave LaGreca, Bully Rack. And so pleased to be joined by author of Messy in the Kitchen, and host of Oral Sessions. It's the one and only Renee. Oh shit, R- Renee Paquette. <laughs> Jesus Christ! What just happened? <laughs> Are you okay? What the fuck in this- I-, I swear to there's God, there's a bear. A bear shit. just walked up to his window. <laughs> it's right at the window. It's right. It's looking at me from the window.
4: Oh my gosh. Are oh you my What am I doing?
1: Labor? What am I doing up here, bully? I swear to God.
4: Get me get Can me you back please the give her
1: on? the
3: proper introduction? You're in a house. The wow. bear is outside. Well, You're safe. What Dave
4: Is there Sorry, a, I have a proper
3: enough? introduction
4: <laughs> I mean you better put your garbage away. Let me just it's, say a, that. it's
1: I got bear safe garbage it's Renee. There's a real to...
4: bear out there. Is
1: this real? Right. They're it's a complete shoot. <laughs> like it's not a bear. It's bears. I have a mom and her three cubs oh, have so you're made. You're a...
4: screwed.
1: Yeah. I'm so now it's like it's the mom and you know this. You're yeah. Any day like the bears are like when it comes to their cubs. You stay the hell away.
4: You're doing they, indoor activities dis- all day today. You're saying yeah, they've
1: decided to make my the backyard of my house their playground. So this is where what the Cubs come the play. They're black bears.
4: Oh, they're like raccoons. They'll be fine. Just bring them. Inside. Oh, sure. Them yeah.
1: You, you know oh. what? You go. Uh,
4: thanks. That's you, you sound like <laughs> my a- wife. Now I just think you're being a pussy about it. Get out there. <laughs> 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 I'm allowed to swear on here, right? <laughs> yes yes
1: anyway whatever that, that shit podcast oral sessions <laughs> and that book that i used under the table to keep it even messy in the kitchen we bring in renee <laughs> Paget. Really? renee welcome to the show thanks Thank for giving you. us the time today
4: yeah of course thanks for having me on i really like that um i also get to use my husband's entrance music i'll take it
1: pretty exciting ha, ha. from no for me you, and bully dip, we popped you... with that
4: me too. I did too. Did
1: take-
4: I was at home watching and I was like, oh, like I had no idea that they were switching his entrance music to that. I was pumped. I love it.
3: I can't wait to see him come to the ring um, at Double or Nothing with a full Dally's Place with that yes. music blasting. I, I We were talking earlier in the show and I'm not putting mocks over because you're here or whatever. I don't blow smoke. You know that. But yeah. I think we're gonna be able to have one of the <clears throat> most special and fun moments on television with five or six thousand people at Daly's place. Mox coming through the cat crowd, wild thing blaring. There's nothing like that going on right now. People singing Jericho's song is really cool people you know you know singing jungle boys music is really cool, but there's a different vibe and feel yeah. with Mox and this that like song an and it Exactly. it's a full
4: anthem and every like everyone knows the words he's got a shout wild thing that's it everyone can participate yeah it's fantastic i love that tony has been like throwing no caution to the wind in terms of just securing the rights to songs. I mean, yep. to be able to get wild thing, those, you know, the different versions of it. And then also being able to get from the pixies. Where is my mind? I mean, come on. Yeah. I love this. I, I think it's great. I think it really adds to the shows. I think it adds to the atmosphere. I think it's, it's fantastic.
3: And we had, Tony so how are you, how are you feeling? You, you, forget about Tony. How are you feeling Renee? Are you ready to bust? <laughs> Like, I'm hoping you're going to to labor within the next half hour, live on the air.
4: Honestly, I kind of do, too, because I feel like I'm ready to go. So part of me is, like, enjoying that I know that. So I'm 37 weeks, which means technically I would have three more weeks until my due date. But it also means technically the baby could come at any time. So I'm sort of soaking up these last few moments of, like, oh, I'm just going to take a nap. And no one's going to bother me. And I don't have to do anything. And that's great. But also my belly is gigantic. I'm ready to meet this baby. I'm ready to go. Let's crank this little girl out. It's it's crazy.
1: I mentioned oral sessions when I introduced you before the bear showed up to my window. It's a great
4: podcast, right? It's
1: it's an amazing podcast. And (laughs) the latest episode of your podcast, you have your mom on. I do have my mom on. Yeah. So I'm sure there's a lot of talk about the baby and everything else. So tell us about not only the show, but this pod about the show that's dropped today. With Yeah.
4: So I had my mom come on the show. My mom has just moved out to Las Vegas like two weeks ago from Canada. Um, She's getting situated. We have another house here. She's moving into that house um, and she's getting ready for like grandmotherhood. So my brother also just had a baby about five, six months ago, but Canada's in like mega lockdown. So she's only been able to see him twice. So now she gets to be like full hands on swoop in as grandma and ready to go. But yeah, having my mom on the show is like, it's weird having a family member on. Cause obviously I was getting like, you know, maternal advice from her. How do I handle birth? How do I handle these things? It was 35 years ago for her the last time she had a kid. So things have changed a little bit. Um, but it's also like, you don't want to like pick that scab of getting into like too much family drama because <laughs> they, sure. you know, you never know what's going to happen. You never know what my mom's going to say either. She can be a wild woman. She's a maniac. Uh, it was fun having her on though. Um, getting her into like the TV space is funny because we had done total divas before and she like kind of stole the show when she was on it. She was like ready to go, knew her lines, knew how to like work the storylines, the whole thing. But when she came in here, she, she kind of clammed up a little bit.
3: <laughs> Let me ask you about the title of your podcast, which is Oral Sessions. Is this something that you had to think about or did just, just pop into your mind like, this is what I'm calling my podcast?
4: So I had like a couple different ones that I was like trying to figure out what I wanted to call it. And I mean, I keep saying this and I truly mean it. I did not mean for it to be this like super sexual innuendo. Sure I was did. thinking I <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. I'll for, if it's clickbait, 100%, let's go, I'll take it. But honestly, when I was like thinking about putting this show together and doing a podcast, I was like, all I want to do is have great conversations with really interesting people. So I was like, oral, from our mouths. That's where we're talking from, oral sessions. And then, of course, everyone started making uh, the sexual innuendo jokes, which even happened on Dynamite last night. Again, I will take the press. I'll take all of it. But yeah, I had a couple different options of, of different names that I was running through. But oral sessions to me, I was like, I don't know, something about it like stuck out to me. It's obviously cheeky. It's a little bit fun. Um, and it, it works. I like it. Why can you say like an oral history and nobody gets offended by that?
3: Because uh, an oral is the session, session up? <laughs> it's, it's the, the session, session that backs it up. Yeah.
4: <laughs> well, who doesn't like an oral session though? Am I right? I, I,
1: I do. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm <laughs> a fan, uh, Who you know? isn't? And, I, Who isn't? and I may have referred to that to my wife at a prior Great. instance, but I'll get into that in another time. Did you know the <laughs> dig was coming? Hey, you know what? You get it when you can. Did, <laughs> did you know? Did you know that the dig was coming from Max Max Caster last night?
4: Um, I sort of knew that something was happening, but I didn't know in what terms or like what to expect. I mean, obviously I expected. I'm like, oh, if someone's saying something about the show, obviously it's, you know, it's the sexual innuendo. Um, So I was a little bit ready for it, but I didn't know that it was like, I thought it was like done in like a backstage or like I was, I really didn't know what it was gonna be. So when I saw it, I was like, oh damn, that was a, it was a good one. I enjoyed it. Um, I mean, I, you know, again, I'll take, yeah. Any press is good press, right? Get out there, throw it out there, dude. And then my husband swiftly knocked him on his ass. So he
3: did. (laughs)
4: Winter Renee, I'm sure
3: you've been, I'm sure you've been asked this before, but, um, uh, personal life with John. How much more uh, enjoyable is your personal life? now seeing John out there doing what he wants to do, what he loves doing, the version of himself that he always wanted to be, as opposed to obviously what we got in his, you know, final, I'd say, year or two with the mm-hmm. WWE.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, our personal life has always been like good and happy and we get to like enjoy ourselves. But the difference is, is like, you know, before when he was in WWE, we would come home and we would just do our own thing. And that was always great. But now he thinks about work more when he's home. And I mean that in like a good way and in the sense that like, you know, he's always thinking about like, you know, what other promotions he might want to go work in and what other matches he might want to do what other people he might want to you know bring in that he wants to work with and just seeing him be able to like really scratch that itch and do all the things that he wants to do like that pumps me up it like actually inspires me and it's funny because I mean you know even as I was kind of winding down with my time at WWE John has been very much just like yeah just go do the things that you want to do and I'm like man you always make that sound so easy but then he actually does it. Like he applies it to his day-to-day. This, he just does the things that he wants and he finds the things that make him happy, whether it's, you know, showing up at a GCW show to challenge Nick Gage to something, or he's flying to Japan to, the cha- to, uh, to you know, put the U.S. championship on the line, like whatever he's doing. And then obviously everything with an AEW. But yeah, it's it's amazing to see him doing the things that he's doing and seeing this new like invigorated version of him. I mean, literally as soon as he left WWE, he would like switched into this other person in terms of like going back and watching old matches and like tapping in through like, you know, when the network was up and running the way that it was like being able to look at all these old matches and be able to draw from those and just get that inspiration. And then to see him. Yeah. He just has this new energy about him. It's really, really cool.
1: Because it was such an abrupt change for him because, Mm -hmm. you know, a few months before going to the WWE, he was in, you know, the ACE arena in union, New Jersey, putting a screwdriver in homicide's head and then yeah. he's in the world of the WWE. So now he has that freedom, like you said, and I I, I can imagine getting those creative juices flowing once yeah, I mean, again, you'd it's be able be to like pair
4: those things together. You take your experience from being in WWE and you take that gigantic platform and the huge fan base that he has. And now to be able to like blend that with the things that he actually loves to do and seeing like the success of that and the payoff for that. I think it's amazing.
1: And he met you in the WWE, so he's never going to look back at that time and say that that was a bad (laughs) place for him.
4: Exactly. No, I mean, you know, we had great times there. I mean, we both have so many memories. We're so lucky that we were, be, that we were able to travel the world together. We have memories literally all over the country together in different parts of the world. We got to go to Saudi Arabia together. We've been in England together and in, you know, different parts of Europe together. So we're so lucky that we were able to have that. And those are memories that we'll always be able to have. And now we'll be able to tell our kid about it
3: um your relationship um obviously being on the road with wwe traveling together um was mox you did you look at him and go oh yeah that's the guy or was it typical pro wrestling relationship where you spend so much time on the road you talk to one another you travel together you get to you become interested in one another and it kind of just develops from there
4: um i would say it was almost like a mixture of those two in the sense that like Honestly, the first time that we actually hung out, and I was very hesitant for us to like actually get together and hang out because we did, we spent so much time talking to each other. But um, I didn't know that he wasn't a chatty guy, and he's not. He like really keeps to himself. But I was like, I don't know, he always talks to me. We've got a great relationship. And then when it came down to like, oh, I guess we should like actually hang out and see if this is a thing, and we put that off for like a while. And then once we actually did, we've literally been together ever since. And there's never been like a moment of hesitation or any wonder or worry or anything like that. It's just, it's always been so solid with us.
1: I like how she glows when Romance. she talks about John. It's like, well, I just did my makeup
4: really- too. I just put on a little cream blush. So that might help. But know, he's I a handsome man. What a guy. I love him.
1: And, and
3: talking about your makeup, like I've always thought that you've, you you really apply your makeup really well and like you're you're like awesome at it. but your fashion choices oh you're God. probably one of the worst Ba-ba-pins dressed off. women in wrestling like
4: like how dare you first of all <laughs> my outfits are pristine they're amazing right now you get me in a hoodie and a hat because it is 8:30 in the morning here and I'm 9 months pregnant so maybe can it bubba (laughs) um but no i I love i love a good fashion moment and the thing when i got to wwe and i was like oh i can put on like sequence and fringe and that's like totally okay here sign me up and you always wanted you you want those outfits you know it you could have pulled it off you and your camo (laughs) i know it works it's a good look it's (laughs) traditional we could add a little sequence on there maybe throw on a patch and a fringe we could we could expand it
3: sure one of my favorite things to do was renee uh, in all honesty renee was such a great dresser and everybody would put her over for how well she dressed and she could make things that looked like they didn't match or would never go to i think you call it like hobo chic or what whatever Something what, like whatever that.
4: i don't know they're to the wind up. and hope for the best and wait for vince to be like god damn it what is this <laughs> kevin done like questioning what my outfits were i'm like i think they're fine i don't know let me do let me Dave, do I'd always
3: used to walk up to her and I would look at Renee and I would just kind of stare her up and down and she would kind of freeze and I would be like, What mirror every told time. you you look good today? And she would terrible. just freak out
4: Literally every day this is what I went through. I was tormented. <laughs> I'm scarred oh. by this. Now I Well to now you gave it
1: to me. So now I get to hear it from him every day. So I'm glad <laughs> that it's that. transferred anyway. <laughs> Um, I want to get back to you and I want to get back to oral sessions and doing this podcast, and you've had so a list of great guests for those episodes. What episodes have really surprised you? What guests surprised you? What were some of your favorites?
4: Um, you know, some of my favorite ones. one that just recently aired was my interview with Ricky Starks. I loved chatting to him. I did interview him prior to him fracturing his neck. Um, so obviously we didn't talk about that that wasn't part of the topic of conversation at all and for sure wishing that guy such a speedy recovery Um, but having on somebody like Ricky Starks he's somebody like I know but I kind of know him in passing Um, and it was really fun to be able to to just have a conversation with him and sort of like unpeel the layers that are Ricky Starks and find out who he is as a person and that's what I love about these conversations is like Just talking to people about who they are. It's not so much about like, ooh, give me like the shoot interview or, you know, talk trash about, you know, wrestling or another promotion or whatever. I just like talking to people about who they are and how they got there. Um, Another one that I really liked was having on Lisa Ann. Um, She works at Sirius. She's a a former uh, adult entertainment star, but I could have talked to her for hours. I had so many questions about like that industry, how she's navigated it um you know sort of the institutions that she put into place in that world she was absolutely fascinating um and then you know more in the wrestling world I've got some other great ones coming up I've got Will Hobbs on the show um I've had to record a few that will come out um while I'm on maternity leave um so those will be coming out whenever this baby decides to come out could it be today not yet but maybe we'll <laughs> we got see got 10 minutes left yeah we've got 10 minutes we'll see what happens um yeah i mean gosh what are some other ones i mean obviously like being able to have like john on having punk on the show um i really want to get randy on the show i would love to pick randy's brain he's on my wish list for sure i would like to get aj on there's there's so many people and the the lists are just endless of people whose brains you want to pick and the conversations that you want to have. And that's the great thing. And it it's cool to kind of deviating outside of the wrestling world as well. It's like having on wrestlers, but also having on different comedians. I had Ron Funches on, I've had O'Shea Jackson Jr. on. I'm having Paul Walter Hauser on tomorrow. I'm interviewing him. Um, so yeah, it's, it's cool to kind of branch outside of wrestling and still get to flex that interview muscle and just have those conversations too.
3: Well, speaking of the wrestling world, everything that I have seen you do in the wrestling world, I've been a fan of, like, I, I think you've hit, a home run, if not a Grand Slam and everything, whether that was backstage interviewer and personality with the WWE. I really enjoyed you on commentary, despite the fact that you turned into a talking mm. head because you had too many people in here, but I liked what you did with it because Thanks. you brought your unique personality. I loved you on backstage and I thought that you could have carried the entire show by yourself. Obviously you're going to be a mom now, which is the most important thing in your life, but Is that wrestling drug in your veins? Is it something that you'd like to get?
4: It is. Yeah, it is. You know, it's, and it's funny because, you know, when you're kind of in the thick of it and I don't come from the wrestling world per se, or at least I didn't prior to working there, but I've spent the last almost decade doing that. So yeah, I did definitely get that bug. Um, I miss being around the shows. I miss being around the people, you know, there's a lot of like some of the bullshit that I don't miss. Um, And that's what I love about what I'm doing now is I really just get to do my own thing and I can focus on what my own strengths are and sort of emphasize those and make those as, as good as I possibly can. Um, but yeah, I mean, on the other side of being able to, to have this baby and then get my, my track back on or get my cart back on the track is like figuring out like, what do I want to do after this? Um, And I think by the fall, I think I might have a better idea of what that looks like of different things that I might do. And I I don't know what that is yet, whether it's going to be in wrestling or it's going to be in some other capacity. Um, But, you know, I think I never want to turn my back on the relationship that I've been able to build with wrestling and with the wrestling community and with those fans and all that. That's something that I'm really, really proud of that I was able to go in there and and kind of create my own path there. I don't want to turn my back on that. So figuring out what that next move is going to be. And honestly, my main thing that I always come back to, and I don't know where I'm going to get to do this or how I'm going to get to do this, but I really want to do Tuesday Night Titans in some capacity.
3: Phenomenal idea. Yeah. That would be awesome.
4: I would love to do that. I don't know who my co-host would be, but we'll figure it out.
3: Oh, here, here, that's that's your here's your opportunity, Lagraca. Go ahead.
1: Well, no, and I was <laughs> just going to say, Renee, if you listen to this show at all, you know, and Bully will tell you, I always bring it back to me at some point because I'm Great. just that type of person. I need your help, so I need okay. you to help me. Okay, my wife, wonderful cook, I don't cook at all. I haven't. I feel like at some point I need to learn. I am a 49 year old man. I've been it's divorced time. twice. I've I the third time's a charm for me. Mm-hmm. Violetta's Amazing, but I need at some point to kind of chip in in the kitchen a little bit. You yeah. do have the new book, Messy in the Kitchen. Talk about the book and how this could help a forty-nine-year-old Dave Lagrega.
4: Well, the way that I look at cooking is like, okay, I wrote a cookbook. I'm not a chef. I just I love cooking. I love being in the kitchen. Anybody can do this. You're just following instructions. That's it. I wrote everything out there as simply as I possibly could to try to make the most sense of absolutely everything hopefully it makes sense again I don't know I'm not a chef nor am I actually a writer but I guess I kind of am now because I do have a published book so I am a writer and I am a pseudo home chef but I think it's you know start with the basics start with like you know even if you just want to like grill a steak just simple things take the steak out let it rest at room temperature for like 20 minutes Let it come to more of a room temperature so that the cold doesn't battle the heat. It doesn't tighten up. Make sure you salt it. More salt than you think that you need. Always use more salt than you think that you need. That's the key, especially with meat. Yeah, because you have to do it. If you bring home your meat from the grocery store, and I actually learned this from another cookbook from um, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, which is a great cookbook. Um, But anytime you bring your food home from the grocery store, unwrap all the meat you bought, salt it. And put it back in the fridge because it breaks down all the enzymes in the meat. It lets it become a better consistency. It's so much better when you cook it. Little things like that make a big difference. I'm sure your wife would appreciate that. All
1: right. I'm on Amazon.com right now. Be honest. Is this book any good? Because I'm going to buy it. I don't know.
4: I hope so. I I hope it's good. All right.
1: I'm going to, because I'm very cheap. All right. So I'm going to buy it. I'm going on. I'm buying (laughs) it right now. Just hit the buy Wow. Yeah. Wow. This is a big deal. Prime yeah, it up. You're gonna,
4: you're gonna enjoy it. And the thing is, I mean, yes, you can flip. Dave, the get me one too. Get me one too. Yeah, order two. Definitely order two. Maybe get the bears some. They might want some as well. The bears. I'm gonna are get
1: one. How about this, boy? After about a year or so of using it, I'll pass it on to you.
4: There we go. Because then that's if lovely. I buy yeah, two, come on, we gotta support. No, but the then kid. if I buy the two, then, two
1: then it comes to me. I gotta pay yeah, extra got for shipping on the way.
4: You're gonna be a cheapskate. All right, all right. You know what?
1: For you, Renee. For you, I'll get two. I'll buy two. Now I got to go back to I already fucking bought it. Now I got to go back on and (laughs) buy another
4: one. You won't regret it. But the book's a lot of fun. I mean, there's a ton of my personality in it. And it was really like I. So i had been working on it while I was working for WWE. And then as I left WWE, I had to change everything over because it was under Renee Young. And I switched over to Renee Paquette. Um, I got to infuse a little bit more of my husband in there that maybe I could have prior, so that was nice. Um, but yeah, I get like you know, there's some curse words in there. There's a lot of nice. sass in there. It's a lot of fun. Lines like "Bend me over and call me Bobby Flay." You don't want to miss it.
1: You see, right, right. that's yeah. a book I can get into.
4: Mm-hmm. I bought.
1: Now I got. I'm here. I'm on it again. Now I'm buying two. I'm buying two copies.
4: My man, right. yes.
1: Renee, uh, without digging too deep,
3: you talked about some of the negative aspects of the wrestling business that you didn't really like. I don't need names or anything like that, but instances. Tell me some of the the negatives of wrestling that really turned you off.
4: It, it's for me. It's not even. It's not even. The, it's not the wrestling. The wrestling side of wrestling, I love. It's the production side of things that can be a a bit of a kick in the lady dick, Um, you know, in terms of like (laughs) uh, just being micromanaged. I don't like being micromanaged. I don't like um, being under the magnifying glass as often as one is or can be in that world. I mean, you think you go through it once and you're like, okay, I'm safe. And then like, you know, another year or so later, you're like, oh, you're back under the microscope again. That's like, you know, trying to adapt to that and trying to be a people pleaser while also trying to stay true to yourself can be a, a really fine line to walk and it can be very exhausting.
3: So if you were micromanaged, I would imagine that was at announce table. How difficult was that, that for you being the bright, bubbly, shiny personality that you are? who's very quick witted off the top of your head and can talk about just about anything. Now you've been kind of grounded, put in a box. Uh, How just how difficult is it?
4: It's really tough because my confidence was also in the shitter at that time. So I felt like I was getting hammered from both sides where I'm like, Oh my God, why am I here? I don't know why I'm here anymore. I feel like no one's happy with what I'm doing and I'm trying my best to make the best of this situation. And it's a fantastic opportunity, but you go into something and already feel like your confidence is a little bit shattered. You're not going to have a great performance. And that doesn't apply to just me. I've seen that apply to so many different people, under that umbrella. And it's really hard to perform like that. And I don't think that that's conducive to talent being as good as they can be and doing the thing that they got hired to do and letting them shine and be who they are. Um, You know, there would be times that I felt like we would have really great shows and I felt like I was getting in a bit of a groove and then, and then you get hit with like another piece of information or like this sucks. This was the shits that like, that, that can, it can just be really hard. You start to get in your own head and it becomes impossible to feel like you're doing a good job.
1: Wow, I, I, that's as honest as you can be. Renee, thank you so much for the time. Bully, you were right. She was actually pretty good. I went, I <laughs> ordered it. I got the book, uh, Messy in the Kitchen. I'm getting it delivered tomorrow, so I'll make sure oh, I post a yes. picture of it. You better tag social. me in that.
4: You better do some dishes, treat your wife. There's a squid ink pasta in there that might be a little much for you, but I promise she will put out afterwards. It's a great sepia. romantic. Meal.
3: Sepia, an Italian squid ink
2: is called sepia. You
4: learn oh, something. I like that.
2: Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast.
1: Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Ed Robinson. The associate producer is Gabby Laspisa. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas.
2: SiriusXM Podcasts.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters